Shit Dad Podcast. G'day, g'day. Welcome to episode 41 of the Shit Dad Podcast, where we celebrate all things fatherhood. I'm Nick, married father of a three, five and almost seven year old, and Dilfin ain't, Dilfin ain't, Dilfin ain't easy. <laughs> I'm Dave, father of two beautiful girls, a three year old and a ten week old, and um, I've finally given up on my footy tips. Um, best score recently came from not tipping at all and all the away teams. <laughs> <laughs> It's fucking horrible. <laughs> you caught up to my level. <laughs> <laughs> I see myself dropping further down to you, Cam. Uh, and I'm Cam, father to a three-year-old and a two-year-old, and I finally bit the bullet and bought a fire pit on the weekend. Oi! Yeah. It's cold it, enough. Was it a Bunnos one? It sure was. Yes, sir. Alan Key too. put together. Easy. Yeah. Yeah, put up a couple of bricks out. There you go. Bob is actually your uncle. Mm. No, it's good. Very nice to sit around and as the sun went down and... Yell at the kids not to touch it. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much. It's not relaxing at all. Is it a fire pit these days? No, I made sure to get one with a cover, but even then, yeah. it's not going to do much. No. Did you crank the marshmallows out? We tried, but they just spat them out. They didn't oh. like it. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Dad hack ready. Mm. The I learnt this from a mum, so I can't really claim it. But um, the digestive thins, mm. and with a marshmallow, toasted marshmallow in between them, and give it to us a small. The kids love that yeah. shit. Yeah, yeah. I'll have to give that a go. I heard, I heard that one too. Bit of chalky on there too. Oh, all right, stop. I'm salivating. If you're interested in getting that summer bod in winter, then remember that dad bods are made at the pub. If you want some new fitness gear, get you get yourself motivated. Use code SDP20 at checkout for 20% off and go into the draw for a free hoodie. That's SDP20 at checkout for 20% off. Thanks to Smashing Fibers. Now, while you're at it, once you come down to better accounting here at Hendra, get yourself a $150 basic tax return. Make sure that you uh, mention us, the Shit Dad podcast here. It's exclusive to us. And uh, we'll throw in a few dad jokes along the way. Are you worried about a boy or a man in your life? Check out Bloke Psychology. They pride themselves on being able to relate and engage with men of all ages, providing professional support and counselling. Check out blokepsychology.com.au or check them out on Facebook. And if you know an organisation or a dad's group you want to promote, get in touch with us and we'll give them a shout out. Uh, before we kick off, I've got a few little moments that happened this week that I thought we'd like maybe have a little chat about because I'd love to get your opinion. So remember last a couple of weeks ago, I spoke to you guys about um, Mr. Five using his um, SSP on his iPad to spell like to sound out swear words. Mm-hmm. So he pressed the the button that said shh, and then the button that said eh, and then t, and like shit. Yeah, he's clever. He is clever. <laughs> he's, he's. I don't give him enough credit to be honest because well, he, he technically didn't swear. No. Well, now we're getting towards. So he's upgraded now. Now he's not using SSP anymore. Instead of saying the swear word, he's sounding a swear word, oh. thinking that he's not going to get in trouble. So he's like, "Shit!" I'm like, <laughs> "Mate, same thing, same swear word. Don't." And he's like, "I d- don't care." So now he's talking in SSP, <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh, mate, I like I, I don't know whether to be." Angry or laugh my head off because there's a good mix of both happening yeah. there. I'm like yeah. veins <laughs> popping out of my forehead while I'm pissing myself laughing. It's, it's a fine line, isn't it? Like yeah. you, you're very proud, but you're like yeah. you're a little fuck. I know, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna smack you on the butt. Have yours broken out the swear words yet? A bit uh, too young. Yeah, we're, no, we're pretty bad. Like. 
constantly saying them and then yelling at each other for doing it. Don't say that. But then five minutes later doing it ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, the kids aren't too bad these days. I reckon my son will be worse though. Yeah. Takes after his old man. Mm, yeah. <laughs> As I said, apart from those occasional like that fucking shit or whatever it was, like nothing else has come. Well, and I don't know how because it's not like we we curb our words. Mm. To, like we still, yeah. yes, we do. But like we still drop the f bomb, say shit lot, you know, um, in front of them. And literally, we've had my. Uh, Isla's uncle on this show. Like, I mean, he, he curbs it for no one. So, um, no, yeah, he offered us some jammo. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Um, no, look, so we've done well to get three years with only those couple. Yeah, definitely. It's coming though, I feel. Oh, it's as they get older <laughs> and as smart as yours, Nick. Mm, well, smart's a strong word. <laughs> well, street In, smart. Street smart. Yeah, street smart. definitely got street smart. Um, I wanted to know. What are your guys' thoughts on... I think we may have spoken about this on the pod before, your thoughts on wrapping paper and um, birthday cards and Christmas cards and stuff. Is it a must or a not? I usually opt for the bag. You know. Like the Coles bag? No, <laughs> no, like the gift bag. Oh, the gift bag. Yeah. All in. The brown paper bag because you're just going to be WS and bought a bottle of wine. That's for Dad. <laughs> No, just because I'm I'm lazy with gift wrapping, so I just throw it in one of those bags. Uh, I look, I wrap in a card, just only because I know it's appreciated. Like, just give me fifty bucks and I'll be happy. <laughs> don't even put in a card. Don't even rip it out of your wallet in front of whatever. Me. I don't care. <laughs> well, actually, if you no, well, that's like our family. It's like brother's birthday. What do you want? Just give me cash. <laughs> I'm gonna go straight oh, right, to the so volume. I'm, 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 I'm gonna give you the cash that you gave me. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. At Christmas time, it just became. A, we we had to stop. We had to start doing Secret Santa, FM because we just all just exchanged gift cards. It was like I'm just spending two hundred bucks on gift cards for everyone, and then I'd get two hundred bucks back, and I'm like, what are we doing? <laughs> but anyway, um, now nah, I know. I know the missus appreciates the card and wrapping. And then for kids, definitely, because kids don't really care about the present what? as much as they do ripping it open. That's, yeah, what? that's the excitement. That's, oh. that's, that's why it. they and like once they get it, and once, they, once they get it, they're like, yeah! My kids only care about presents. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you guys saw that pass a parcel on the weekend. I oh, could yeah. not believe. And I was like, yeah. did you see the... Uh, the Christmas paper, how to get a run? Yeah, <laughs> so we literally you run out. Fucking twenty layers of some shit on here. Bottom of the barrel for the wrapping paper. Like, this is a small party. Pardon? There's twenty kids here for this bloody parcel parcel. How many times did you have to wrap it? I didn't wrap it at all. It was lucky. <laughs> I did notice it was lucky dad. Lucky's dad's rules off Bluey. Yeah, everyone wins. I'm yeah, not, yeah. not a fan of everybody yeah, yeah. wins. No, look, we Isla asked for lucky dads, and then I come home. Lucky dad. Yeah, 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 yeah. For context, sorry, for context, anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about, Bluey, the um, the little blue dog cartoon that's very popular in Australia, um, it's, Lucky's dad is like a bit of an old school dad and he comes in uh, when the parcel parcel and he's like, what? Why does everybody win? This is ridiculous. And he's like, and then all the kids break down because they're not winning something and pass a parcel, but then they all realise that it's a good A good prize yeah. at the end. Yeah. Because yeah. you spend more money on that big prize. Yeah. yeah. Now, look, yeah, we just, a little chocolate went in, each other, so at least something... It keep them occupied because it was twenty kids. Yeah. So when that first kid opened it, yeah, cool. And then by the second round, they're like, I'm "There would have been a mutiny." I'm fucking over this. <laughs> <laughs> I am fucking like, how can you keep kids sitting there for that long? Yeah. But anyway, we did. Criminal. And they did well. Nice. Now, a big thing I really wanted to talk to you guys about this week, which I have come into contact with in some way, is the sex talk. Mm. 
How young is too young to have the sex talk with your kids? Do you think? I don't know. Like, just how? To, like, to what extent? Exactly. Do you know what I mean? And that's the what, thing. Do you what would your extent be if Isla asked you where do babies come from? What would your answer be? Oh, ask your mum. <laughs> <laughs> Handball. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, as vague as, as vague as possible at that age, yeah, I guess. Yeah. You'd know, have rough, to. You know. They're um, little... Look, they're sponges. Yeah. Like, could you imagine our, like, our girls going to daycare? Well, all of our girls going to daycare. Do you know about this? <laughs> yeah. And then just... And then because it changes because there's... It's like Chinese whispers anyway with your kid. You tell them something and then it goes to someone else and it's already changed. That's right. Even, uh, even little comments you say, you know, mum's tummy and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. They remember... My daughter said to my wife the other day, did it hurt when I came out of your vagina? Oh, she wow. She was full on like, I was like, how does she even know that, you know? It's crazy some of the stuff they say. I wish I wrote it down more and I get told all the time. Like, you got to write these things down to remember them because I'm shocking. Mm. And, but some of the things that they come out with, you're like, beg your pardon, what? <laughs> Hold up, what? <laughs> uh, which leads me to my shit dad moment later, later <laughs> the things they come out with. We'll so. save up for that because yep. um, I came across a really good resource that might help a lot of dads out there, but I want to give you some context as to why this came up. Um, one of my children, you guys knowing me can probably guess which one, pulled his knob out at school <laughs> and decided that was a hilarious oh thing to do. No. Now, at when I first heard that, I was horrified. Yeah. But... Um, since it's come out from the like since the teacher came and had a chat to us I was like what do I do do I self expel <laughs> do I get him out of school what do I do and she goes no it's completely normal apparently at that age five between five and seven it's very normal to um, to do that and think it's hilarious so just putting it out there if anyone's kid pulls their knob out and starts helicoptering people at school it's normal wow now, the <laughs> things we have to deal with. I know, right? Who I'm said just, parenting was, was easy? I'm no one. I'm also so glad I don't teach those younger years between the ages of five to seven. No. <laughs> because it's pretty unusual for when a 10 to, <laughs> 10 to an 18-year-old pulls their knob out in class. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's when they're because getting... Because it changes. Yeah. It changes. That's when you're getting suspended. But this... Uh, so if you go to raisingchildren.net.au, um, it's an Australian parenting website. I've looked at... Um, it's basically a whole article on what to say to your kid at what age. So from zero to two years, they're, they're saying the sex talk as young as you want. You start mm -hmm. when they're, as soon as they understand what you're talking about, they should be being exposed to something, you know, mm -hmm. not exposed. Just zero to two years. What to say about sex, um, sexuality and bodies. You can use everyday moments to help your child learn about bodies. For example, bath time. While you're helping your child get dressed, a good time to introduce the names of body parts. Mm -hmm. That's fair enough. Two to three years. Most children aged two to three years are very curious about their own and others' children's bodies. They'll also notice that boys' and girls' bodies are different. Your child might ask why, um, ask you why or say, what's that? Uh, you can teach your child that every body part has a name and its own job to do. So, like, that's what this one's job is. Um, for example, this is your vulva uh, or your penis is where we comes out. Fair enough. I don't know how keen I would be to talk about vulvas <laughs> in front of my three-year-old, but whatever. Handball, yep. Handball to mum. Yeah. 
Hey, mum, what's that? <laughs> four to five years, um, children aged four to five years ask where babies come from generally. Uh, generally. So uh, they can understand that a baby grows in a mother's uterus and that to make a baby you need sperm like a tiny seed from a man and an ovum like a tiny egg from a woman. Now, I'm not going to go into the full nitty-gritty for uh, the audience what like the full sex talk because I think if you haven't heard it by now and you're listening to podcasts, maybe you should do a bit of research. But basically, if you go read this on uh, raisingchildren.net, um, they, they tell you how to approach it yeah. at every age group, which I found really helpful. Um, like at our kids' age, if you're pregnant, um, if you're pregnant, your child might ask, where, do, where does the baby come out? Give a simple but accurate answer. So you're obviously not going into too much nitty-gritty, but... Um, your little sister's still growing in my uterus. When she's finished growing, she'll squeeze through the birth canal, which is called the vagina. So even that's still a bit too graphic <laughs> for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> too much detail. Like, you see the, even the term uterus. Yeah. And then yeah. Now the birth canal. No, Be- it's, in mum's, it's in mum's yeah, belly and it yeah. will come out of mummy. Yeah. 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 And not- you might say vagina or you might say that because, look, little girl at home, you know, like you use those terms and it's like, oh, okay. Mm. Okay, yeah, but I will definitely not go into the detail. So, talking about the uterus, <laughs> birth canal, and then, yep, yeah, even um, even real names of sex organs is pretty normally safe. But I think for the generation before us, our parents, they would yep. be mortified. Like, yeah, my mother-in-law was mortified that we called it a vagina. Oh no, you don't call it that. You call it it's a ting ting. Yeah, hoo 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 ha. You know, <laughs> no, it's, it's got a name. You don't call your fingers fingies. Or <laughs> what you don't go walking around like check out my fingy guys. He's doing a lot of things <laughs> for fingering. Right, we <laughs> we're talking about the the wrongest body parts for this chat, like fingers and vaginas. So we'll just leave it at that. Um, I, I do want to go back to yeah. your comment before about if you're looking at podcasts and you haven't had that sex talk. Okay, if you're looking at podcasts and you've come across shit dad podcasts, you definitely need to have that sex <laughs> <laughs> yeah. conversation yeah. with, if you're gonna with be someone. Fun. Well, at least your wife, because if you haven't, there's a good chance it's not yours. <laughs> Sorry to tell you. <laughs> Sorry, you heard it here first. But uh, yeah, so the the sex talk, they're saying, let's do it from a young age. Get them. Uh, it's, it's also supposed to promote, um, another thing I read was that it promotes... Um, like safety online as well because mm. we're yeah. moving into that digital oh. world um, and there's like predators everywhere now. Um, it, they're saying that if you sort of introduce them to all of this now and then you can sort of progress into um, sort of safe spaces safety. and mm-hmm. what yeah. people should and shouldn't say to you, what you should and shouldn't share with other people, especially people you don't know. Um, yeah. I think it's really good resource. Um, and if you want to get involved, jump on. Raisingchildren.net.au. Yeah, that's awesome. awesome. Good advice. Shall we uh, rip into some dad jokes? Yeah, I reckon we need to lighten mm-hmm. things up a bit. Let's let's focus more on the vulvas and the fingies. <laughs> I got one that's very uh, very on topic for our guest for this week. Uh, there are two reasons you should never drink toilet water. Mm-hmm. Number one. Number two. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Mine well, comes back to the topic of what we were just talking about. Why can't you ever hear rabbits have sex? Because they've got cotton balls. Oh, that's good. That's, that is strong. 
it just works so well. I didn't need. I'm, I'm on fire tonight. All righty, calm down. So, if anyone from Zytho Brewing is listening, <laughs> we really want. Yeah. They're making me smarter, guys. First of all, everyone get on them. And second of all, we want some sponsorship. Uh, what generation is Forrest Gump from? What? Gen A. <laughs> Not a great time to have a mouthful of beer. <laughs> wow. Now, uh, let's have a chat with a true professional um, in our Ask the Professionals segment. Uh, we're going to talk today to Dr. Christine Tracy from Ones and Twos OT um, about helping kids with toileting issues. So if you have kids with toileting issues, hopefully you get a lot out of this. Hello, Christine. You're on with Nick, Cam and Dave from the Shit Dad podcast. How are you going? Yeah, good. How are you? Good, thank you. Um, we just, I, I wanted to get you on tonight because we're really interested to know um, what an occupational therapist does who specialises in ones and twos because I had never heard of it. So if you could give yeah, us a little intro into who you are and what you do, that'd be great. Sure. Um, look, I, I guess, you know, I always start off these conversations by saying I never went to university to teach kids how to wee and in the toilet. So <laughs> it, it was, it was just as much a surprise for me as it was for many others. But I guess, I guess the reality is that when you're dealing with a person's occupation, it doesn't matter what, what stage of the lifespan you're on. Um, obviously with the little people that I work with, their occup- one of their occupations is learning how to poo and wee in the toilet. And I guess the um, the way occupational therapists get involved with it is because we've sort of been trained and we sort of appreciate the holistic sort of um, uh, side of the child. So you've got to think of the physical way that problems manifest themselves and how, how you can find the solution from a physical point of view. But... There's also a heck of a lot to do with the psychology of the child and their cognitive abilities and their language skills. Um, so until you sort of take into account all of the, certainly gross motor and fine motor skills in some, some regards, you know, if the kids need to pull up their pants or wipe their bottoms, all those sorts of skills are something that an OT is typically trained to appreciate and therefore tries to understand every aspect that is required for a child to... Um, become independent with the toilet. So, you know, um, that's pretty much why OTs have got involved with it, I think. That's so interesting. Um, yeah, because like I said, I had no idea what it was all about and why you wanted to get into that sort of field. But I, I really want to know. Oh, trust me though, Nick, I didn't, choose, I didn't choose this field. It chose me. So <laughs> <laughs> I was... I was working at the Royal Children's Hospital many moons ago and I was working with children with head injuries and spinal injuries and it just simply turned out that the OT who was working in that field before me came back and uh, they said to me, right, well, Christine, you can go and work on the gastro ward. So I was not necessarily terribly thrilled about that. So I went down to the gastro ward and we would have pretty much eight children on the ward every single week that was requiring a complete nasogastric flush out. So all of these kids were wickedly constipated. They were under the care of a gastroenterologist and I was the person that was obviously there to try and liaise with the doctors and therefore, and then the parents and the kids as well to try and get them home but also to make sure that you know their constipation and their soiling and all those other issues never um, occurred again so they never regressed. 
So, you know, I'd manage them as an inpatient, but then obviously managing them as an outpatient as well was my role. But obviously these days I'm in private practice, so I really just um, only work with the kids, you know, and we manage, and it's amazing how times have changed because um, I'm sure there are still plenty of people or kids that end up in hospital, but the majority of them, I think every specialist and GP on the planet would rather manage these kids from the safety of their own homes, and it's certainly a lot more feasible, I think, these days too. Definitely a lot more comfortable helping them recover and, and um, learn the in a co- area of comfort. I just wanted to know, though, delving deep into the the ones and twos, if you like. Um, yeah. What the what do you think the the main cause of constipation in kids is? I thought you might ask me that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> coming from uh, oh, yeah, hard experience I've, with that. I've, I've had a lot of thoughts over the years. I think that the bottom line is their personality type, and you know, it sounds flippant, but I really think that there's. A, a handful of adjectives that just about every parent that I work with describes their child as and that would be stubborn. first of all the first one is that they're stubborn <laughs> um, strong, strong-willed determined um, sometimes they're a little bit anxious so they become because they're anxious little people they become quite controlling um, sometimes they're a bit perfectionist and they don't they're almost afraid to fail they don't want to fail so therefore that is not an option. So, you know, that seems to contribute largely to why the problem starts and, you know, how it manifests itself then is, you know, sometimes there is a digestive element to it and diet is certainly something that we always take into account. But most of the families I work with are pretty sensible, educated kind of people who are doing the best they can it's really just down to the degree of stubbornness of the child as to how bad the problem's going to be and how how to fix it. Definitely. I don't know about you boys. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask, is, is one of the um, contributing factors, not contributing factors, is it a hard part of, I guess, what you're doing, you know, not just dealing with the, the child but also with the parents and trying to help them and educate them? Absolutely. Can't do it without parents. The parents are fundamentally important. And, you know, I think I've said many a time you know my job is relatively easy providing I've got a capable kid but a keen parent so the parent is absolutely critical to the success of getting this right because um, you know the child might be very capable but it's their behavior that is so challenging to manage on so many different levels so as much as I do need to work with the child and the child needs to understand from my point of view what I'm trying to explain to them, at the same time, it's the parent that's implementing it 24-7 and there are so many different strategies that you have to give to parents to help them through what is a really ridiculously difficult sort of few weeks, if not months sometimes. Indeed. Christine, a question for me is um, at what point in time do you think parents should kind of seek you know help from someone like yourself in you know matters with their kids and you know around this Mm, good question um look i think i think there's no right or wrong time to seek help i think that certainly the signs i look for are little things like does the child for instance can can the child take themselves to the toilet for a week if they can do that, if they know when there's a wee coming and they can take themselves to, to the toilet for a week and they choose not to do that for poo, 
that is certainly a red flag for me because I think they've got all the cognitive and language abilities, they've got the sensation there that they need for them to be able to go and do a poo on the toilet. So therefore, then it becomes a choice. And, you know, how long that goes on for and how long a parent sort of tries to sort that out themselves. You know, there are some children that will be put on a variety of medications by GPs to try and make it easy for them to pass a poo. Um, some parents will do lots of bribes and rewards and things like that. It's when you've tried ev- absolutely everything and obviously some parents will get cranky and some parents will try to be super nice. Once you feel like you've tried the whole gamut of all of those suggestions, then I think you really should probably come and get some help. Yep. It's a really good point. And you said if, if they're taking themselves off to do a wee not a poo like it's like you said their choice That's it's funny yeah i'm just thinking about my three-year-old at home and the choices that she makes not so much in the the ones and twos but yeah can choose to do something that when she wants to but when we request or you know it's needed it's a different thing too so little humans That's in their right. brains yeah mm-hmm. and you know I, th- I think that the reality is that because the kids need to wee more often during the course of a normal day, you know, let's say they wee four, five, six times a day. They get more practice at that. And the reality is with a poo, you can stop a poo and you can stop it for a day or two or three. And, of course, then that manifests itself as constipation, which becomes then very unpleasant for, for the child particularly. And then they find themselves reluctant to want to poo, so therefore they just continue to hold on. So it's... It's a case of they become continent at a point, you know, round about two, two and a half, three, where they can learn to hold on. It's then where they choose to actually learn to let go that's the issue. So, you know, to be continent, you have to learn to hold on so that you can go to the toilet and then do your poo in the toilet. But these kids choose not to do a poo in the toilet. They might choose to go and hide behind the couch or wait until a nappy comes on at night time or wait till mum and dad hand the nappy over. So that's them absolutely being able to be continent and able to do a poo in the toilet. But then they get themselves into the habit of choosing that same place over and over and over and over again so it becomes a habit Dad's because that's their, way, that's their way of achieving some privacy. And, you know, sometimes, well, certainly in the, with the children I see, it's very difficult for parents particularly to get the children to change that habit and that's when I think you definitely need to get some outside help Amazing, thank you Well thanks so much for um, sharing your insight with us, Um, some really good knowledge there and uh, I think a lot of listeners are going to get something out of that but do you have any lasting advice for anyone sort of with having the issues with their kid, do you think that even just hearing about OTs and what they do is enough to to come and see you? Oh, absolutely. I think uh, if anyone is sort of feeling frustrated, I, I definitely, there is nothing worse than having parents come to me, you know, a month or two before the child is about to start school. That is awful because then everyone's under high degrees of pressure. Um, I personally really enjoy working with the kids between about the ages of three and five. You know, if you, if you can jump on it by then, that's my recommendation. Believe it or not, I still see a handful of children who still have this problem aged 11, 12 and 13. So oh, it's, a sort of, it's a sort of problem that's really, you know, 
sort of swept under the carpet unless you get onto it early. So absolutely don't let your kids go to school unless this is sorted and preferably, you know, even kindy and daycare is a good time to get it sorted. Amazing, yeah. And uh, as you know, on this podcast, we like to finish off uh, with a, a serious chat with something a little more lighthearted. Um, mm-hmm. I remember you telling me a little story on one of the sessions I brought my little girl into um, th- about a misunderstood dad. Would you <laughs> share to, <laughs> care to share that story with us? Yes, one of one of the um, parts of my strategies that I that I introduce families to is. As I said before, you know, it's it's all about teaching the child how to let go of a poo. And these children who are wickedly determined to not let go of that poo, I use a laxative that is often um, quite critical to getting that moment to happen. And in the first piece of advice I usually give to families and to parents is to start the child on a dose of seven or eight drops of this particular laxative. Now, seven or eight drops is as you can imagine, a, t- a tiny, minuscule amount of medication which can have a very powerful impact. But in this one particular family situation, this dear sweet dad had uh, been paying very good attention, I thought, to what I what I was telling him to do. And uh, unfortunately, next week when, when the next session rolled around, he came back and he said, oh, I, I think I got your instructions wrong. I didn't give this, give this kid seven or eight drops. I gave him seven or eight mils. <laughs> and if you look at if you look at the equation on the box, that equates to about two hundred and ten drops <laughs> that, that this child had. And uh, needless to say, it was one of my star pupils. I think this child pooed a lot and got lots of practice and was absolutely nailing them all in the toilet. So amazing. it was it was not a disaster. That kid's not holding on to anything. That's wow. amazing. <laughs> no, no, no. Awesome. I, I was thinking of one other funny story for you, Nick, too, Please. that just uh, occurred to me earlier on in my career was, um, again, one dad who was becoming increasingly exasperated by his seven-year-old who was refusing to go to the toilet and would consistently go to the bedroom. And this dad was just over it. And on one particular week, he came in and he said to me, that's it. This child goes to his bedroom every day, so I told him I'm going to put a toilet in his bedroom, and he was deadly serious. And I think it was only at that point that the child suddenly realised I better actually go and do it in the toilet. <laughs> so, <laughs> as convenient as that so, might be, yeah, <laughs> it might be a bit more smelly than you want. <laughs> he was serious; he was going to do it in his bedroom. <laughs> Awesome. That's really good. And uh, we always have a shit dad moment of the week uh, that we all Uh like to share our celebration of uh, shit daddery, but wondering if you had any shit mum moments that you might like to share. Oh, look, I still fight with my 16-year-old to get him to go to school. So, you know. I thought you were going to say the toilet. <laughs> well, and and I dare say I probably shouldn't tell too many people this, but every so often I've got two boys. I won't tell you which one. Every so often I do decide to give them a few drops because stinky teenage boys tend to do stinky smelly farts. And uh, in that moment, I tend to find a, a secret devious way of putting some drops, and it it happens on in a do- on a donut in his lunchbox, and he still hasn't worked out where I put the drops in. Oh, but he comes that's home. so good. <laughs> he, he comes home and he says, "Mum, you dropped me again today, didn't you?" And I went, "Damn right, I did." So. <laughs> Teach me Yoda. Teach me. 
<laughs> so the donut in the lunchbox is the secret weapon. That's so good. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, well, thanks so much again, Christine. Really appreciated you coming on, taking the time out of your day to come and have a chat to us. Pleasure, Nick. All the best. Hope I can help. Thank thanks, you. Thank you. Bye. Okay. See ya. There we go. Righto, boys, now it's time for This Week in Fatherhood. Um, and we're, we've, late, we've brought this in lately and we're talking about um, what you've encompassed during the week that was just pure shitness, how you reacted and how we could do better. That's right. I was just trying to think. Um, so basically we talk about our experiences and hope that listeners um, can either send us in theirs or um, get something from our reactions as well. So if you don't mind, I'll kick it off. Um, this week's pure shitness was, uh, I've, as you know, I'm, I've started coaching my son's soccer team, Mr. Six's soccer team, and this week he didn't want to play. And I didn't know how to address it. So I've gone um, the option of getting cross straight away because I'm coaching a team, you got to focus on the game and not focus on the game, they're seven years old, but like, you got seven other kids to, yeah. to watch and look after and, and um, talk through a game of soccer. but And he just didn't want a bar of it. And I got to the crux of it and he was pissed off that he was going to miss Dave's daughter's – so a three-year-old's – three? Yeah, yeah three. three. Yeah. A three-year-old's birthday. Not only the whole – not the whole thing, 20 minutes. 20 minutes of a birthday he was spewing that he was going to miss. So how I reacted <laughs> was obviously crock. Like I was, I was really pissed off. Um, the parents could see it. Um, like, lucky I've got a co-coach because it takes two blokes to yeah, deal yeah. with that many kids. But um, yeah, the the parents could see it and they could see I was pissed off. And I sort of had to apologise at the end because I, I, I didn't deal with it too well. And I wasn't yelling at him or anything. I was just like, mate, stop. That's it. You go and sit over there and you just wait. If you don't want to play, that's fine. But I'm staying here until the end because I have to help coach the kids. That must be hard because you still got to be like dad and coach and that's play those two roles. So tough. It's so tough because all he wants, like sometimes he'll just come up and all he wants is a cuddle, mm. and all you want to do is go down and give him a cuddle. But at the same time, he does it at the worst time. So like mid mid training session, I'm like telling a kid how to do something, and he's like, "Daddy," and he jumps up on my back. And I'm like, "Mate, you have to stop. This isn't okay." I want to cuddle as well, but just stop. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah, so something I could have done better. Uh, probably could have been more patient. Um, and maybe bright, well, bribed, funny word for it, but um, if you play the rest of the game, we might spend a little bit extra time at the park after the party or something like that. Mm. Um, yeah. that It leads into my shit dad moment of the week because like the funny side of it was the other one who – went apeshit at the party and yeah I'll, I'll get into that a bit later <laughs> we didn't need an extra 20 minutes for the park. <laughs> how about you Dave um, mine's actually more yeah my pure shitness is is not so much what we could have done better I'm we for me is more I'm I'm searching for a bit of advice um, so my pure shitness is is getting that frustrated with number you know little miss three with either about bedtimes, about, you know, those things. It's all about mum. And I thought for a while, yeah, for sure it's going to be new bubs on the scene. She just wants mum's attention because mum can't give it to her. But it's now like it's flat out refusing me. And it's been pretty bad for a while now. Like, won't let me put her to bed. 
won't, you know, won't let me do these things, won't brush your hair, all these things. Okay, yes, I, I have to admit I'm pretty shit at brushing hair. I don't have long hair like she does, but I do my best. Uh, but it's all these little things and my, oh, I just get frustrated. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, I'm just, I'm here. Mum's busy. What are you, you know, I've tried distraction. I've tried, you know, like you said, bribery. You know, the stickers. Hey, you get to five stickers, five nights, you know, let me put you down. Or even five day sleeps too. We'll buy you a present and you go, you choose whatever you want kind of thing. Nothing's worked. And like I'm annoyed at my reaction because I'm getting shitty now to a point where I'm mm. frustrated. I'm like, what do I got to do? So I'm, it's more what could have gone better. I'm looking for advice out there from, from you lads or any listeners too. Like from what I've heard from a few mates, their daughter's gone through the same thing. Yeah, I've heard it's pretty normal, yeah. But like I just feel like this one's just been – it's been going. And I'm like, how long? Like, and then I just feel like it's useless you know, at home because Trey's is trying to having to nurse a baby and then try to do something with a three-year-old because yeah. she just it turns into a meltdown. Can she meet you in the middle a little bit maybe and um, use it as family time? So any time that Isla doesn't want to get away from Trace, yep. you're there as and it's like you're all together at least and she's got time with you. But you're, yeah, it's it would yeah. be tough because if she wants her hair done and things yeah, like that. Yeah, and, and it's generally those times where it's like, oh, bedtime yeah. or you know or get dressed you know like it's like getting dressed it's like okay cool and then now the moment's cold it's like oh yeah cool got your pyjama pants off see ya <laughs> you know, like you turn your back with two yeah, yeah, he's down yeah. the hall like hiding on you and I'm like oh great so it's just yeah it's those little moments oh there. got an idea for you mm. YouTube yeah hair um tutorial oh yeah get Isla to hold it for you while, while, you're, doing while you're doing the hair oh, that could be good. oh yeah actually mm-hmm. that's good maybe that could become your thing you become the the daddy that knows how to do hair. Yeah, I'm still don't. Like, yeah, me either. I'm fucking terrible. But <laughs> I can uh, do your pigtail. <laughs> I can't even horrible. do that. It's horrible. <laughs> I'm like a ponytail yeah. tops. Yeah, pon- that's what I mean. Ponytail. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah. But okay. yeah, and then you can you give it a go. You, oh, do you want to try this one today and try different hairdos? Maybe you know. Yeah, nice. We okay. we we've been through those stages where there's a favorite, and that only yeah. put one person can put mostly her down. Yep. Um, the best thing that I found was um, just consistent consistent routine like we read yeah. the same book same same two or three books in the same order at night go through yep. the exact same steps um to the point where it's almost like strange but then the, in that familiarity with that consistency and they get a bit yeah. more comfortable with it yeah um and like sometimes yeah they just don't want to bother you but then we had the opposite thing where we were coming to record the podcast for ages and i'd be late because you know we started doing it because i was the only one that could put her down so yeah. I think it's normal. You just go yeah, through goes, these ebbs and flows. You yeah. just got to like stick with it. I just, as I said, I just think it's it has been going on for so long. And I'm looking, I'm in, you know, with the other job, you know, tutoring. I am out at night, so I get it. It's so like so, so a lot of bedtime. So when I say a lot, you know, three a week, I probably miss. Yeah. Um, because I am out. Um, but just those other times, and it's just like, and then sometimes I'm like, I'm not ready to have this argument, like to to work my three year old up now. Just before bedtime, like we, I wanted to go yeah, to bed. Yeah, often for, you just do the course of least resistance for, for, so. the, yeah. for the sake. I'm like, just come in. It just like it's gonna take. Give me, you know, give me bub. Mm. Even if she's losing it, at least I can settle her. Sort of, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. But yeah. So nice. yeah, any listeners, just give us a shout out, please. Anything that worked for you, and I'll give that YouTube tutorials and some of that a try. 
the chutes. Mm, teach us how to do hair. Yeah, please. <laughs> what can be a shit dad moment? <laughs> oh, oh, sorry, new segment that we can do. Yeah. <laughs> what do you do this week? Yeah, plats. <laughs> <laughs> Again. Again. Uh, <laughs> this week for me was mostly, as mentioned, I got that new fire pit, so I was trying to teach a little bit of fire safety. And by fire safety, it really is just you know, don't touch and don't go near. Um, and they were pretty good. Uh, they didn't really like, run up to it or anything, but there was obviously a lot of interest. It was new, and as you would expect with kids. Um, so my reaction really was like probably uh, a little bit over the top. Like I just like was like standing in front of it. <laughs> literally like, 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 an like a bouncer. Not even, yeah, pretty much. And I put all these like chairs in front of it. They had to, like, if they wanted to get near it, they had to like, at least like walk around. Oh, and, yeah. I was, and I was there. So I guess what could have I done better is maybe trust them a little bit yeah. that they're going to learn how to do that and actually be around it and it's okay but I guess still be within distance that you can yeah. you know, grab them if need be Personal, personally I found that um, when we first started on fire pits a bit um, you do give them that bit of trust but you're definitely close because mm. you know <coughs> excuse me you know my kids they just go ape shit at the best of times so like they stuff around near it they climb on the rock walls near yeah. it so you like the, you have to set up rules. Our rule was you don't climb on the rock walls behind the fire, near the fire, um, and obviously you don't run near the fire. So apart from that, they could stand right next to it, um, look at it and mm. put their hands over it. That was fine because kids aren't idiots, obviously. If they put their hands near a fire and go, feel, oh, shit, yeah. that's hot, yeah. they're not going to fucking put their face on it. Yeah. So like, But, yeah, you do worry about them falling in because they're acting stupid yeah, or something. Just so, running into it or something. Yeah, but if you're around there, if you're sitting right next to it, and and you come stand next to dad and feel this, and just give them a bit more trust. Yeah. They they get real like they learn really quickly. Yeah, yeah. I, I think over time as they're around it, they'll understand. Yeah, but I get it. I don't think it's it's so much that like going to pick up a flaming log. You know, it's no. it's more that incidental like as you walk past, accidentally just putting your hand on mm. it. Yeah, and then then you know like we all know what it's like. Just you touch something and it just a poor little kid's you know soft little you know hands. It's just horrible yeah. I, I think i'd be doing the exact same thing yeah <laughs> it's like okay do you see this rope can't go in it yeah i can't we'll feel the fire <laughs> i can't even feel the warmth i'm inside <laughs> can i come outside please <laughs> 10 oh, feet right. away. <laughs> see i'm locking the door from the outside so you have to stay inside <laughs> i enjoyed the fire mm. i i'm a big fan of giving them that freedom mm. and like i give them the um my oldest especially i'll give him the a little prodder yep. and I let him like prod the fire and see what happens he sees all the um, the sparks come up the embers sees like the underside of burnt logs I like use it as a thing to teach him about what fire does yep. and how it starts and how to put it out um, yeah going full <laughs> firefighter on him I guess but, <laughs> yeah. but it, from, from <coughs> a lot of our guests that we've had on stop drop and roll <laughs> those that have given their kids that I guess probably in comparison to us, that more freedom. Yeah. Yeah. They haven't gone out and done something that we assume our kids are going to do. Yeah. Mm. You know what I mean? They've, they've got that lots of trust. And yeah, maybe, maybe we need to let go that little bit. No, I say that <laughs> as I breathe out. As I let go a little bit to, um, yeah, to let our kids to kind of learn that way. Yeah, definitely. Right. That's uh, this week in fatherhood. That's some really good stuff. Bit of good chew there, boys. Um, I'd love to get into the workbench this week. So whatever we did to be 1% better, please feel free to send in yours um, so we can share it on the next pod. Uh, but physically and mentally, lads, what did you do this week 
uh, to better yourself. Dave, what do you got? Um, mine actually, the mentally style is is a little bit different, and you guys might think about it, but um, it's more to as as blokes we stress about when we say stress, think about everything. Probably at the moment too with with the wife off work, thinking about the money a little bit more than yeah. what I would normally. Um, so it's just a shopping, and of course, you know, if you go buy veggies at the moment, comes you're in with a twenty-one dollar six pack of beer. That's <laughs> <laughs> my 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 little money. It's my little treat from me to me. <laughs> that's it, but this this will be the six pack. That's it for the week. Yeah, that's um, no, but you go and you buy veggies at the moment. It's like thirteen dollars a kilo for mm. broccoli, yeah. and you're like, which one do you want? Because it's like, like honestly, at the moment, like, because they're not going to last a full week, yeah, and you're not going to go through it. So. What I've done is we started to go and have a little look and compare with Aldi. You know, like we're always Coles or Woolies or whatever. And so just save that little bit of money. But then whatever it is, the plan is then to put it in the girl's bank account. Nice. Yeah, nice. And then so that's mentally – and then for me, like I'll feel better. Like, it's, And that's one less stress of going, oh, shit, like, hold up, these poor girls are whatever. They get to whatever age and they've got nothing. Kind of thing. So yeah. at least it's something very, even if it's little, I don't really care, 20 bucks a week, whatever, it's something. So nice. you're mentally there, then that way it's less stress on there. Um, it's a grand a year. Yeah. Yeah, that's up. <laughs> yeah exactly. Um, but then, yeah, physically, Maths. it's more, just, <laughs> you're doing well. Um, I'm still figuring it out. No, um, he's just getting out. We just bought the um, little pram attachment. Yeah sit on the backs of the three yoke and, and then so it's going to give me more opportunities to get out and take both of them because at the moment when I get out it's just take one of them mm. so it's just trying to get out take one, you know take both of them go longer she can walk next to it, the three year old can walk next to the pram for a while and then uh, no I'm, I'm tired jump on okay jump on the back off we go so bigger walks so watch out neighbourhood <laughs> uh, dad's on the walk alright I'll have the ask out my driveway for you perfect we got camo uh, I gotta admit Guys, I, wa- I wasn't 1% better this week. I didn't do anything physically or mentally for myself. Um, it was Work was really busy, quite stressful, lots of um, presentations and things. I was out, had to go to Sydney, had to go to Sunny Coast, all that kind of stuff. So, What did you do to keep you cool while the, everything was getting a bit much at, at work with your, um, your presentations and stuff? Did you, let the, uh, did you get embraced by the, the stress or did you do something? To- no, no, it's all, it's all manageable, but because... I've allocate allocating that extra time, whether it's a bit later at night or coming home a bit later from work, um, that I would normally, or maybe I'm trying to like um, knock it up as early and go to the gym so I can sleep in and rest, so I'm ready for the presentation. Yeah. So the thing that went out the window was the exercise. Yeah. yeah which is okay every now and then. I'm not. I don't beat myself up about that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but uh, like yeah, stress wise, it's, it's all good. I'm kind of at the point now with work where it's just. It's, it is what it is. It's yeah. consistent. You get it done and, you know, yeah. you do what you can in your hours and that's kind of it. So. Yeah. Do you um, feel like that um, that thing you were talking about us last week, um, how you had the epiphany in the um, the float tank mm. or the, the float massage or whatever it was? Still been doing that, you know. Do you feel that, like that was yeah, like good for you? Do you yeah. think that's helped you manage the stress? Yep. And even if it's not writing it down, just having that conversation Sunday nights with yep. my wife. That's what are good. you looking forward to this week? What are you worried about? 
um, you know, what's your plan? You know, just that open conversation at the at the start of the week mm. um, has been nice to kind of frame it all and, and kind of get on the same page. So we've been doing that, which has been good. Awesome. Well, my workbench actually relates directly to that. I had a cam-like epiphany, um, although it wasn't while I was having a lovely massage. <laughs> it was, I think I was actually on the shitter. <laughs> <laughs> That's just as good. That okay. is almost as good another as having time. a massage no, epiphany. Another place of relaxation. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was after a night shift when I thought, I've like putting on the pud like it's bad i'm like having desserts at work we're having big cook-ups yeah just wasn't feeling myself and um i had a little cam like epiphany and thought to myself i have to plan my shit out because you feel more um direct like you've got more direction when you plan it all out yeah. um you feel more in control yeah definitely um so i, got, I went and bought a whiteboard from big w because someone someone said to me at work they're like you know you can do that on your phone i'm like yeah but who hasn't done that 74 times on their phone and it's failed? Yeah. Like, it, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. So I bought the whiteboard, uh, put it in the office where I do all the editing for the pod and um, I wrote down, like, the basic meal structure this week. So um, five little meals and when you have your meat and veggie dinners, it's like a – I think I think it was like 200 grams of meat or, and a cup of veggies or two cups of veggies or something. And um, this is basically what Jono was saying yeah. uh, when Jono Stedman on his podcast um, – but yeah, so that's the structure of the meals is all planned out and um, I've got three goals. One of them is to hit three training sessions a week um, and I've just down the bottom I've written MTW for the days of the week and then I've just got a circle in red yep. whatever days I do and if I don't have three circles there, then I haven't succeeded in the week like in that, yeah, that yeah. part anyway. So trying to keep myself a bit more accountable. It's working so far like it is only Monday but I started... <laughs> so I started on Sunday, so <laughs> <laughs> two days in, it's going all right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but like I said, it's just about that, I don't know, control, yeah. knowing what's coming up and knowing, like I knew that for work I was going to be slammed and I knew that I probably wasn't going to exercise that week, so I'm not, yeah. not going to beat myself up about it. But yeah. then this week it's like, all right, okay, I'm booked in tomorrow kind of thing, so you know, it's known. Yeah, you know how you're tackle it. You might have substituted your, your workout time, but you know, but – you're still there. You didn't substitute family time. You didn't no. substitute mm. those things. Yeah. So I still think you you did do you one percent better. That's a win. Because you priority. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah. true. You, you made a different. And yes, I know it's not physical for you, but I think having two two little ones at home running yeah. around oh. is pretty physical, yeah. regardless. Yeah. Right. So yeah. So yeah, no, you're look. right. I am awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, well done, lads. I'm on the wrong well podcast. <laughs> I clearly need to be on the Champion Dads podcast. <laughs> now it's time for a bit of this. Get ready to hear about the sports you love most from a guy who doesn't love sport as much as you. It's the Shit Dad Sports Wrap. From me. <laughs> Cam. Um, so, big week in sports ball this week, guys. Uh, obviously, <laughs> Wednesday night, we had to move the podcast because of State of Origin. They got These guys had to Spot tell on. me that, that it was happening. Um, game one, Queensland won. Very exciting. Woo! I actually, ha- I actually had it on the background as I was doing something else. <laughs> <laughs> That's a start. It was there. Baby steps. Was it a good game? There was no biff, which Very is good disappointing. Game, apart is there ever the any biff, biff yeah. these days? No. You can't. You can't anymore. The moment you look like you're throwing a punch, it's like, get off this field, mate. Hectic. Yeah. 
I love listening to all the old commentators, like the old school <laughs> players, talk about it. They're like, "This is bullshit." This is <laughs> everyone's so soft now, and they'd always just like pan back to a epic fight in the eighties or nineties in the mud. Somewhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but did you see those epic fights in the eighties though? Like that throw a hundred punches and maybe yeah, half yeah, yeah. of one would connect. <laughs> like, mate, how are you playing anymore? You're so gassed. You just done a whole boxing match in that three minute fight. I remember, yeah, that something came on this week and it was like a special on um, Fatty Vorton, um when he his first game as coach of the Maroons and it's like, like Gus Gould was the uh, New South Wales coach and he goes, the first person to fucking yell out Queenslander is going to get clocked in the first scrum. And then it was basically the smallest bloke on the field. There was like a running joke about it. The smallest guy on the field for Queensland yelled out, Queenslander. <laughs> it was just an all-in melee. <laughs> and I think that's the one you're talking about where there was yeah. this one bloke, who, one Queensland guy. I can't remember his name. Oh, um, I can see them right yeah. there on the sideline. Just, punches, just absolute missing. haymakers. And it was and literally on the sideline. The, cra- the, the front row of the crowd could have just like yeah. grabbed them. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? But they were just cheering with their cans back then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A couple of tins of Forex. Everything's yeah. all good. <laughs> Yeah, that one. My favourite story is when they tried to get Joey Johns, the old cattle dog, in the scrum. So the the, the lads who, who have listened to this or played a bit of rugby league, cattle dog call was always the fight and strong. Cattle dog, cattle dog. Uh-huh. So it's on. So you yeah. just you pack the scrum, you know, you're just throwing punches. Yeah. Anyway, it was bloody Joey Johns against Goddard for Queensland, and Goddard could throw some <laughs> clearly Joey found out because he caught it in the scrum and just got himself hammered that's one of my favourite moments now was it expected that Queensland were going to win that game no no, no underdogs um, although as usual most Queenslanders are like nah we'll get this And but just looking at the two lineups this week I, I'm not going to pretend I'm, I'm like a pundit on an NRL analyst team but Looking at the two lineups, you're like, this is the strongest Queensland has looked for a long time. Mm. Yep. And we like we always manage to score. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And it, like I think the um, the winning culture of the coaching team, like it's not yeah. just Billy Slater. It's like you got um, Cam Smith and Jonathan Thurston, Thurston as well in the yeah. background. Who that was like the Invincibles. The and it's like they've brought this winning mentality onto this bunch of players who they're obviously good, but they can be great. You know, yeah. with yeah, with the right guidance. But they really know how to win. Those three. Yeah. And one thing I noticed, um, and like even mug punters that I was watching it with noticed, was like how many, how much ground were Queensland making from every set? Mm. Like back in the day, like in the last probably 10 years, you'd you'd see like a set of, like by the fifth tackle, the, the, the gain's like 40 metres max. They're almost going three quarters of the field. Mate, I put it down to... Uh, is, that, is that speed of the hooker? Like... Out of dummy half? Oh, no, I reckon it was just the, the when I say the young blood. Like, she, like I have to give credit to him. He's an old boy of the school that you know that I went to as well. Um, good mates with one of my mates too. But Lindsay Collins coming off the bench, he was just a fucking monster. Represent and, the gingers, like, yeah, yes, sir. Yes, <laughs> but you'd be like, look at all of them. Like you know, on any of those players mm. that came off, they just knew exactly what they would do. Yeah, and it was just, it was that. Queensland mentality that they they talk about just it's a you, they rise for the game. Mm. I don't think one debutant didn't pull their weight. No. Like they must have bred that in. Like the these the Invincibles must have bred yeah. that into them from the start. Like you guys are brand new here. There's five of them. You guys are brand new here. You're fighting for your spot. There's no guarantee that you're going to be in game two. And then they've just come out all like all five of them yeah. were immense. Like. Paddy Carrigan. Mate, I was just about to... How many metres did he make? That was unbelievable. <laughs> he was... Yeah. 
it, as I said, every single one of them, like you could have just pointed out every single one of them. Yeah. They just were absolutely killing it. So, yeah, it was uh, <coughs> what I saw of it was I had a splitting head out that day. I took three Panadol, which is nothing in comparison. <laughs> when I'll have half time, the next minute I wake up, it's like it's <laughs> the end of the game. And I'm like, what happened? What happened? So we win. But watch the highlights. We won. And uh, in other news, Nick Kyrgios made a dick of himself again. Uh, picking that. a fight with a fan in Stuttgart. Did you guys see this? No, no I haven't Where's seen this Stuttgart? one. I have seen some Germany. Oh. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know if it's a major. It's But he, I don't, I, I actually don't even know what part of the um, the competition, what level they're at, like quarterfinals, whatever. But he's walked, he, he claims he was racially abused, right? Oh. So you can sort of see where he's coming from. He's gone about it horrendously, obviously. But he's like walked up to the stand and gone, what'd you say? What'd you say? Like he's fucking carrying watermelons like a peanut. Um, he's kept asking this punter in the crowd like what he said. Uh, what, what do you Come down here and say, you little bitch. And like he's, oh, right. he actually said that. So um, he, I've put it down to him being Australia's most millennial athlete <laughs> in the history of millennials. Like... Just no consequences for his actions. Yeah. Doesn't give a shit. Like he thinks he, because he earns all his money and he's part of the ATP, he's just like untouchable. It just pisses me off. Really disappointing on all fronts from the uh, the Australian yeah. tennis board. He's like on par. It's got to be on par with Bernie Tomic. Oh, just, he did well last year, though. I guess yeah. to kind of get back some of that public image when when he, when he was um, on the doubles. Won the doubles. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's really tough to watch. Uh, Alright, another bit of news So one of Queensland's most beloved uh, sportsmen Sammy Thiday He squeezed into a footy jersey Over his glorious dad bod Once again to help out a local Brizzy club Who was this? <laughs> Sanford 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 Sammy and Sanford Sammy and Sanford He does He does live out there I believe But um, yeah. He's done it a few times He's donned the, um, donned the jersey over the budgies <laughs> For another week Good on him Yeah, um, He must be still pretty fit Oh, you've you've got to have to keep some of your core mm. fitness. Like, but even Sammy, like, you always looked at him. You always look. How does he get around for eighty minutes? Mm. He clearly did. He did it fucking well. Um, just that, you know, you just obviously had that fitness there. But um, that's not the first time he's done it. I'm pretty sure he got a few boys down too at a little local um, clash where they were raising money. You know, or they had a Down syndrome charity cup. Oh yeah, nice. kind of thing. You know, the open thing, but. He got a few. I think he got a few others down, and I think even Hodges came down as one of the coaches, or chucked his boots on, and and a couple others. So awesome. it's good, you know, for the good causes. So yeah, perfect. Well done, Sammy. Nice one. And finally, grassroots sport of the month: rugby union. <laughs> Is that a grassroots sport? <laughs> no, I thought I'll just throw this in this week because I just I feel like um, I've spoken to a few people from different sports lately, and they're just saying like. There's no, there's not as much junior involvement as there used to be. Whether it be because of the, um, what are they called now? The, the technological generation. It's not the millennials. It's the new generation. Gen Z. Yeah, the kids are always on, or Gen Alpha or something. The kids are always on devices, yeah. and it's just parents are seeing the easy option as not signing them up for sport. I don't know. It's, and I, I figured if we threw in something, um, even if it was. We've got to one parent as like, all right, I'm going to sign the kid up next year. I reckon it's time, you know. If we get to one parent, that's a win because it's we need Australian sport to be fucking great and it's definitely not as great as it used to be across all codes really. Mm. Well, league is amazing at the moment, let's, let's be honest. But 
You know what's growing? AFL. Yes. I was going to say. Does it depend on if the local team's doing well? Oh, yeah, I think yes and no, but I, I don't. I've had a bit to do with rugby union through coaching at like just school level. The things that unfortunately that sometimes they make you jump through, the hoops that they make you jump through aren't as attainable as mm. what you kind of want. And look, I get it, you know, the coaching levels and some of that, it's for the safety of the kids or whatever. But just some of the things that you hear compared to someone like that is going so well, like AFL, where it's just like you sign these kids up for Auskick, you know. So whatever, say fifty bucks, throw it out there. Hold up, they're getting all these sessions, but they're getting a bag and a footy mm-hmm. and this and this, and then the eight weeks worth of program. You know, you go to another, you know, any other sport. You're like, cool, can I do eight weeks? Yeah, no problem. It's eight hundred bucks. Yeah, a pardon. Is it rugby unions always had that sort of higher standard culture, mm. like the higher class culture? Is that still around? You know, I think they. Well, they just think they are, and they're losing they, oh, people yeah. for it. Who supports it? Who's at the games? You can you can tell. Yeah, if you go to an NRL game versus a union game. Yeah, and it, and it is though too. I, I think sponsors as well. All the yeah. Land, Land Rover are the sponsors of the union. You know, mm. yeah. but it's hard too because Australia hasn't been going as well recently. Yeah, in you know in union for however long. Of course, it's going to affect the people. Mm. You know, supporters of Aussies. We. Get behind winners. Yeah, that's what we do. And you know, like rugby league's always going to be a big one. Nobody trains for second place <laughs> because <laughs> if you're not first, you're last. <laughs> because we are. That's what I say. Yeah, and we've always been probably and for a very long time. In, you know, the best. Mm. You know, so I did run across because this actually interested me. I was like, why has rugby declined so so much over the last sort of twenty years? And I saw that after the two thousand three World Cup. They got like forty-three million dollar windfall from it, and it they just blew it. Yeah, right. And no development, no youth development, anything like that, or very little anyway. And the whether it be the rugby union body of Australia or whatever, it just got sent full send. Um, but yeah, so basically, I've, I've written it down because I, I I wouldn't do it justice. Um, so they got $45 million profit from the 2003 World Cup, but it was quickly squandered. Um, and they've been advised to place the next pay packet into an independently run foundation so that it can be used for the growth of the game. Rugby Australia was close to going under during the pandemic, obviously like a lot of codes, but rugby especially, because mm-hmm. they didn't invest the right way. Um, but lack of income and funding brought growth to a standstill. Um so apparently from the next World Cup, was it 2027 or something It's in Australia? Yeah. Apparently they're going to get double that. So whatever they get from the next World Cup, the new CEO is saying, no, we're going to give it to an independent so it's spent properly, which I think is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And if you're looking at it from a growth and grassroots perspective, um, if you now is the time, I reckon, to sign your kids up in rugby because I've got a mate, who, like Wayne, who uh, yeah. we're going to talk to in a couple of weeks, his kids play rugby from a young age and, and they don't tackle from the start. Yeah. It starts off as touch pretty much. Um, getting used to the, the rules of the game, the respect of the referees, because that's something you've got to admire from rugby as well is the respect that, that all the players have for the refs. And I think it's fantastic. I think it's a really good time to get involved in rugby. I've spoken to someone recently about it. Like obviously, NRL at the moment are trying to crack down massively on high tackles, hits to the head, things like this. Rugby did it however long ago, and this is to their credit, they know now that if you make contact 
with a head re- and they run the ball low. Like mm. that's the idea. We get the ball low to mm. get it around. If you make contact with the head, you're off. You know, that's what they did. They just had a no, a no shit policy. And look at them now. Like they are. There's less, less issues in that. You know that bigger game. Yeah. So, but I, I hope they put more money into the grassroots. Yeah. How do you keep a sport alive? Mm. Get get the youth in. You can't rely on the 56 year olds who are, you know living on those high times of Australian rugby. Get the young ones in now. Get them to love the game, and yeah. they'll love it for life. But you, and look at it this way as well. It's not the the Wallabies who are going to keep rugby alive. It's the like thousands of youth that are parents are paying the absorbent amount of fees, yeah. which may have like got better in recently, yeah. but. Yeah. Yeah. Thousands of kids paying however much of a year. That's what's keeping it alive. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Deep. Now it's time to get into this. Marty! You've got to come back with me. Where? Back to the future. Father. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how I have missed... This well, great segment back to the father <laughs> where we explore a famous father from history. Today, we'll be hearing the story of Thomas Moore, born in 1535. So, I'd be surprised if anyone's actually heard of him. He old, he's is he still alive? No, I'm pretty sure he's dead. Uh, <laughs> is he a saint? <laughs> so, Thomas Moore was a counselor to Henry VIII of England. Famous king who was pretty fucking crazy. Um, he was a great dad and he provided his three daughters the same classical education as his son, which was... That's pretty unheard of back in those yeah, days, yeah. isn't it? Pardon? Sorry, when? In uh, 16th century England, that was pretty uncommon. Yeah. Um, and he was a pretty smart guy, but also very religious. And he refused to support the king's split from the Catholic Church, which was also a big deal at the time. Uh, for his trouble, he was arrested for treason, and during his imprisonment in the Tower of London, his oldest daughter, Margaret, visited him frequently. Uh, so, long story short, they beheaded him, and his daughter bribed the man who was, supposed to t- who was supposed to throw her father's head into the Thames River, saving it instead for a burial. So, moral of the story is, if you're a nice guy, you're a good dad, your daughter will save your head and bury it instead of throwing it in the river. That's a good moral of the story. <laughs> and the moral of the story is just agree with Henry VIII for whatever yeah. he's doing and you won't be beheaded. Shit that moment of the week. <laughs> Shit that moment of the week. Let's get it in. Um, really excited to tell you about this one. Uh, we've spoken a lot about Dave's daughter's third birthday this week and my Mr. Five decided to fill his boots and being... Me and the wife, as you know, have quite different um, perspectives on what matters when it comes to like priorities and all that sort of stuff, right? So my priority was not to stop him eating and making himself sick. Hers wasn't. So when he obviously asked her, she said no, came to me, did the typical kid thing, play against each other. I said, yeah, mate, you learn. there's only one way to learn. So he's just stuffed his face. He had two plates of food. He had lollies, all sorts of stuff. And then he's gone home and said, oh, my tummy doesn't feel too good. Mum's gone, oh, well, that's that's what you get. It's like the bit of tough tough, tough justice or that. And um, next minute, he has just vomited 
everywhere. Like oh. hallway, not just a puddle. <laughs> hallway, <laughs> clothes, and on the way to the toilet. Oh. Like a trail of destruction. Crook. Is he trying to get to the toilet? He learned. I figured like yeah. I figured let's let him learn. Let's yeah, do yeah. do it the hard way. Yeah. That afternoon he was like, Where's my party bag? I want to finish it. <laughs> I did I did see him at one point chowing down on the plate of stuff. <laughs> that would have probably his first plate. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Can eat. You can't stop him at parties like no, that. You just, no, you've just got to let him go. Yeah. They Honestly. have no idea, hey. But it's we'll kind of like us with beers and it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where we learn our lessons? Yeah. No, we don't. And the kids are exactly the same. <laughs> what do you got, Camo? Uh, mine this week was uh, the wife and I have this uh, date book. So she got it for me a little while ago and it's got these little scratch scratchies in there and you can turn the pages and each scratchy's got a different idea for a date and some of them are pretty convoluted you need to organize babysitters and nights out others Kama you can just do at home oh sorry <laughs> that's a different book <laughs> okay yeah <laughs> um, uh but this one you know we scratched one off and it was like build a fort watch a romantic movie and that kind of thing i'm like well, we can do that easily at home so let's do that but our idea with the fort was we just got we were we'd have had a few glasses of wine we got a mattress from our bed moved it into the lounge room and then just put it on the ground i'm like this is our fort set it all up <laughs> And nice. then we just were there like, oh, we'll just sleep here, I guess. So then slept there overnight. Kids thought it was awesome. The next day, jump all over the mattress. Can't really be bothered moving it. <laughs> so we had date night on the Saturday as well as the Friday <laughs> again. Come Sunday morning, kids jumping over, all over it. We should probably put it back in the room. So we did eventually. We're just we're being lazy the whole weekend. And that's what weekends are for. That's not shit dattery. That's just fucking brilliant. I was going to say, why is that not under dad hack? <laughs> <laughs> Could go in a number of segments here. That's awesome. All right. I've got two. So one, actually both come from... Bringing the noise. <laughs> both come from the uh, the party on the weekend. So one is an hour. It's a shared. It's a mum and dad shit moment. Um, you would have received that text late Friday afternoon uh, of a change of venue of our party. Mm-hmm. I thought this is... Freaking awesome. This park is unreal. Really quiet, really secluded. It's going to be so good. Anyway, Friday afternoon, I get a call from the wife. Guess what our daughter just said to us? She's gone to the bathroom. She said, Hey, mummy, is there a toilet at my party? Yeah, no, that's not, sweetheart. So now we're going to have to change the venue. So great work, mum and dad. Three year old party. At the park with no toilet. Yeah, it didn't yeah that's work, not going down so. well. Lucky she's nah. onto it. Well, exactly yeah. right. So we we are training her well. <laughs> Clearly, the other one comes from the party. It's not mine. It's um of a someone who has been mentioned on this this podcast before for a beautiful shit dad moment of um not paying for the plumber and having to fish his hand up in the <laughs> oh, in the toilet. But um on the little spinny thing, we all love it. The kids, you know, sit on there. He's sitting on the outside. I think, oh, this is great. Getting his daughter, who's three, my daughter, who's three, to pull him along. It is great. It's fine, all good, until he trips up my daughter, who trips, and then whilst holding a lollipop, stumbles into his daughter. <laughs> Mine has eaten the dirt. He luckily just stops before, like, tramplings o- <laughs> trampling over her. And then next to me, we're like, where's the lollipop? It was in his daughter's hair stuck. (laughs) So then he had to spend the next few minutes pulling it. Oh, that's got to be up there with the shittest things. It was, and I was just like, so I just, I instantly turned, it's like, I'm using that. 
I'm using <laughs> Magic Keeper. So, yes, thank you very much, Matt. I have kept your identity <laughs> <laughs> secret for far too long. Nice, nice oh, well, one, guys. How, um, how good were those shit dad moments of the week? Talking about how good things are, um, big shout-out to Better Accounting. Don't forget, um, $150 basic tax return tax return rather um, when you tell them that we've sent you and just remember we say basic it's just it's uh, definitely not basic you will walk home a very very happy person um, and that's not just from the dad jokes they're going to provide it's um, from the service they give you so big shout out to them better accounting thanks very much don't forget get down here and tell them that we sent you definitely I think that's it for another episode, guys. Um, thanks to everyone for listening. Please keep telling your mates about the show, leaving a five-star review in your podcast podcasting app. Uh, keep on sending through those shit dad moments. Slide into our DMs on Instagram at shitdadpod or email us at shitdadpod at gmail.com. And don't forget we've still got some of those stubby coolers for sale. Definitely. Ten bucks each. Let us know. Getting in contact with uh, all the ways Cam just told you. But... Um, yeah, does anybody have any lasting dad advice? I might start today wrapping that yeah. bad boy up. The um, Yeah, just giving your kid a bit more trust. I've not been as good at practice, uh, pre- practicing what I preach in recent months, but um, just the fire thing that you mm. just brought up jogged the memory a bit and been trying a lot harder to give them a lot more. Like they take the piss a bit, but you give them a bit more leeway and they're going to learn – the hard way really like mm. so as long as they're not putting themselves in danger just let them go just go with it and i think the the biggest thing is not if you have a different parenting style to your wife or partner don't draw off it be like compliment it mm. so i've i've been guilty of sort of getting drawn into that um that higher anxiety side of things when things are getting a bit tough and that's it just heightens things straight away so if you can sort of stick to your own parenting style without like um, butting heads with the the partner. I think that's a good balance. Yeah, nice one. That's awesome. You got anything, Cam? Oh, I just say going back to what we were talking about earlier with the 1% better um, dad workbench. Um, yeah, you're going to have those weeks where you can't or you can't feel like you're doing all you can for your, for your body and all that kind of thing and that's okay. So just get through it and get through the next week. Mine's real simple um, and just... Having a three-year-old playing with all the you know little presents and toys that you are required to play with as well, um, don't get frustrated. Actually, enjoy those moments. We speak about it too often on this show, and it should remind us all. But enjoy them yeah. because we're going to eventually want to wish them back. So sit, put your phone away, put whatever away, turn the TV off, and just enjoy those little moments because it means the world to them. Yeah, nice. definitely. Um, so look look back and reflect guys and uh, this week have you tried to make the bond with your kids 1% better than last week if not don't worry do that little bit extra in the week ahead be the safety net for your kids not the loaded gun for the kids (laughs) 